Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Our guest, Francis Causey, is a documentary filmmaker and journalist from a little high desert village called Tubac, Arizona. She cut her professional teeth in the early days of the world's first 24-hour news network, CNN. In the trenches at CNN, she met lifelong friends and colleagues who taught her the value of hard work and integrity. Together, they won Emmys for their live coverage of the Oklahoma City and Olympic Park bombings. Frances says she's been lucky to direct documentaries for television and theatrical releases, including Heist, Who Stole the American Dream, The Long Shadow, and Is Your Story Making You Sick, among others. Heist was a New York Times critic's pick, and she was honored to accept the Women's International Film and Television Jury Award on behalf of the Heist team. The Long Shadow premiered in theaters across the U.S. in 2018. She also loves making films that benefit her local community. Her short film, Ours is the Land, tells the story of Arizona's Tohono A'odham Nation's fight to prevent an open pit copper mine from desecrating their ancestral lands in the southern Arizona area. She also directed There's No Autumn Word for Wall, which chronicles their opposition to a fortified international border wall. And Carol, I understand you met Frances when she won the Roy Dean Award for her award-winning film Heist. Yes, Claire, thank you so much. Frances is a talented writer, producer, director, and I really appreciate you joining us. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Yes, delighted. And Francis, I know how hard you work. Uh, I know that you're up early and work late. So I'm just wondering how you find time to work to have a horse, because I understand you have a lovely horse. I do. It's my kind of release valve from from being an independent documentarian. It's like, and it's also uh, just my, it's just my release. It's my absolute joy along with, I, I love what I do, but it's a different kind of cadence. It's a different kind of part of my brain at work when I'm on top of my horse, whom I, I just absolutely love. Her name is Unchained Melody. She's an Arab. Arabs are big out here in Arizona, and I'm, I'm very fortunate to have her. Where did you find Tubac? Well, I, I came out, a friend of mine bought a ranch out here, um, and Carol in the, gosh, it was, I guess, 2004 or five range, and uh, Tubac is about an hour south of Tucson, Arizona, uh, almost to the Mexican border, and I just fell in love with it. It's a little village, high desert village of about 1,000 people. The whole village is really centered around um, a school of the arts there, and it's breathtaking uh, mountain ranges, and it's the Santa Cruz uh, Valley, which is very historic, um, 
and the light here. As a filmmaker, I really appreciated the light, which is also one of the reasons the art school was established here. So I just fell in love with it. And like my horse, it's kind of a place where I come back from working on my movies and, and I can just decompress. And uh, I just love it. There's not even a stoplight. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, today we want to learn about The Long Shadow and your current hybrid distribution on your film is your story making you sick so let's start with the long shadow tell us about this film well the long shadow has been literally a lifetime in the making for me um i generally don't uh, I've, I've never been in any one of my films until the long shadow and the, the long shadow is a story about the 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 impact of slavery and jim crow uh throughout history and connecting those dots to the present and this issue of, of white privilege. And, and it's also partially a memoir of mine growing up in the South with my family's involvement in slave ownership. Um, and I had a particular, my uncle was the sixth acting revolutionary. He was the, he's my sixth uncle. He was the acting revolutionary governor of Virginia. And so the film really covers, you know, we're in the, this is the 400th anniversary this year of the of when the first tragically the first slave ship came ashore and so uh the film is really uh for audiences particularly i mean quite candidly white audiences to really teach them a history um or make available to them this history that's really never been honestly taught and of course that's the great luxury we have with history we can look back and see it unfortunately I think some of this history is being whitewashed. And so it was a, gosh, it was a real challenge to get 400 years of this history in an hour and 15 minutes. But I, I think we managed to do it. Oh, it, it was incredible. I, I was so shocked. I mean, it was one shock after another. Information I have never seen before. And because, Francis, I see a lot of documentaries. And uh, there was so much new information I was blown away and so ashamed of what we did. I mean, you're absolutely right. White people are the ones that need to see this to understand what really happened. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and there, there are many things um, that we bring up that we actually can do about this. And, of course, it's a great, great, great benefit of documentary film, you know, compiling all of this information in one film. That, that folks can sit down with their families or their friends and have ha- house parties and really roll up their sleeves and try to understand these, these, this festering wound, you know, that continues to divide us. Exactly. Uh, did you take uh, Shadow to the festivals? And I wonder if you have any suggestions for filmmakers about festivals for entering them, attending them, or any tips you can give us for a film like yours? Sure. 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 So as independent documentarians, you know, we, we really face challenges, everything from funding, uh, as you just so beautifully deal with, um, and, and from funding to distribution. You know, I think we all thought Netflix was going to democratize everything, and I'm, I'm not quite certain if that's been the case. Uh, I, think, I think in some instances the rich have gotten richer in terms of, you know, who gets seen uh, when and how and where. Um, I we did several film festivals with Heist, and um, I learned from that experience. and And I love film festivals. They're 
they're great great opportunities to collaborate with your audience and and you know answer questions and stuff. But you know, as I'm sure filmmakers who are listening, you distribute a film. It, it, you know, it's expensive to get to them, and you typically see one audience. Um, and then they go away, and there's really no ask there of the audience. You can give them your social media handles and things like that. So it's a great, it's a great venue, but it doesn't really usually produce revenue. Um, and so, and so, what are the other ways you produce revenue? Right? It's like you know Amazon Prime and all the you know all the social media aggregations, and those really aren't producing a lot of revenue as we know. So we know these films are expensive to make. Um, and so what do you do? You know, well, I kind of learned over the years, uh, you know, I, I apply to certain film festivals. I typically like to, if we get into a certain film festival, I've, I've really applied to a film festival only if I think they can generate some media coverage for us because that's a, oh, good. You know, that's some collateral, that's a collateral asset for me. Um, and, you know, kind of coverage that maybe I could or couldn't get on my own, but typically good festivals have publicists, you know, who will promote your your film. And, you you know, that's another uh, kind of criteria I have for film festivals. It's like, do they have a publicist? You know, where is my film in the pecking order? Is it going to get exposure? And typically if it doesn't, then it's it's a hard sell for me. I have to be really candid. Um, film festivals have exploded. And, and, again, you don't throw the, pardon the expression, the baby out with the bathwater. But, but I've really learned over the years to adopt this um, hybrid strategy, um, Carol, which is kind of part traditional film strategy, um, but you never sell all of your rights to one person. Um, but when you retain those, those rights, the big challenge is marketing. How do you, you know, yes, you can probably get your films on the Internet someplace, but you've got to get eyeballs um, on the Internet at your, you know, towards your film. And, you know, when it comes down to it, um, we're competing. I mean, independent studios like mine are competing against Netflix, are competing against the major studios, who also, by the way, are populating the major studio films and some of the bigger boutique uh, film companies are, are really populating uh, the film festivals because those, those people, it's a, you know, it's a, quid, it's a kind of a quid pro quo. It's like if you get in those film festivals, I mean, they – they want you to bring their stars and they, you know, they, they want you to come already with an audience. So it is important to identify your audience, but I think it's equally important to um, make sure you have about 50% of your budget on doing your own distribution. So I can, you know, I could go on and on about that. Well, wait, that's really important. So one is identify your audience and two is have 50% of your budget for distribution now, um, so let me ask you, when you say identify your audience, how right. do you do that? I mean, what have you learned right. is the best sure. way? Sure. So this is critical, but not maybe in the, in the way that we traditionally think about it, right? So I'm making a new film about veterans PT, PTSD. You know, there are a lot of films out there about veterans PTSD. And, and while I can't reveal a lot of the details, I mean, we're, we're taking a much, much deeper, very personal look at PTSD in a way I don't think it's ever been looked at. So right off the bat, we know that our audience 
you know, it's probably the Veterans Administration. It's veterans groups. But identifying your audience is just part of the battle. And so I think I think what is an opportune time to mention that I'm I'm working with um, Peter Broderick and Keith Oakwatt. Uh, on their what I call power partner strategy. They may call it something else. But in other words, this film is really, um, it's called Is Your Story Making You Sick? We're doing this with story right now, and we hope to do it with the veterans film. We, you have to spend, I mean, months, weeks if not months, just kind of scouring the Internet for contacts uh, in this department, you know, in, in this area, people that, you know, with veterans groups, or in this case, um, uh, you know, alternative uh, medical, you know, alternative um, uh, uh, medical stuff, you know, people that are into more holistic approaches, for instance, with Is Your Story uh-huh. Making You Sick. And so you basically have to develop each film, you have to develop your own kind of email list, and that takes, you know, lots and lots of um, time and effort. But it's, it, you, in other words, we're going direct to our audience and not relying on other people to get us there because it's just shown time and time again that nobody has this magic bullet when it comes to getting eyeballs on your film on the Internet. Exactly, and I read that Keith, with his uh, little film about uh, exercise for older mm-hmm. people, uh, mm-hmm. he he raised a million and a half dollars, uh, and he right. partnered with people like the AARP, and unbelievable partners he was able to bring in. Absolutely, the film is called Age of Champions, and he's a marketing. Uh, I hope he's listening. If not, I may send him the link. He's a marketing genius. Um, and Peter with his strategy um, also, it's just a, a formidable team. But it's sobering, you know. It, 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 it's very tough, uh, in, you know, to get a film seen on the Internet. But, again, it's, it's, it's almost a private distribution at the top uh, of uh-huh. the film because that's low-hanging fruit, right? These, are, these partners are typically people who have budgets um, for films for educational purposes, Right. And so right. you know, what, what we're doing is we're going to these conferences and we're also looking, you know, for partnerships in the corporate world. I mean, we're just getting out of the gate on this film, Is Your Story Making You Sick? Um, but you, you have to do it your own. And not that, we're, not that we are, are not doing traditional film distribution, but we are increasingly going after the educational dollar up front and then going into consumer um, you know, and it, as, as all your listeners know, every film is different and unique and requires, a, you know, a strategy to reflect that. Exactly. Well, so many people think they can just go to VOD and they, they'll get their money back. But from what I'm hearing from filmmakers, they're only making maybe $5,000 on VOD. There's not a lot yeah. of money there. And you're exactly right. And it's it's a very sobering, tough thing because, as your listeners know also, you know, these films are labors of love. I mean, they, they take so much technically uh, and creatively to to pull off, and so it's a it's a interesting um, thing that there's so many, you know, there's so many more documentaries out there. It doesn't necessarily make doesn't necessarily make it the case that they're that much more great documentaries. I mean, what has been 
which is great, is that the tools to make documentaries have been democratized, but still the ownership, the distribution, the marketing is still very, very much against independent filmmakers. Right. So, uh, so you're or looking can be. can be right. Well, tell me, uh, partners are the key then. So, uh, with story, have you have you signed up with anybody? Have you got any good partners at this time? We've had dozens and dozens of screenings in front of um, in front of um, groups. Um, and my impact producer, Nick Kelso, is just doing an amazing job. If you go to story.movie, um, at the bottom, you'll see all of the partners um, that we have. Like, for instance, we've, we've worked tremendous amount with um, uh, 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 recovery centers. And um, the film is about eight people who discover that they're kind of living this story that unfortunately is negatively based in the past. And so that, that stresses us out, changes our body chemistry, and, you know, deeply impacts our life. And so we put eight individuals over six months um, through four workshops to expose them to this idea to bring what was unconscious conscious. And, you know, the light bulb goes off. And it's a just it's a really gripping story, and, and they are amazing. I call them the great eight. They're quite remarkable in their willingness and courage to, to be in the film and let, let cameras roll as they reveal so much pers- personal sensitive stuff. And so that's really resonated with a wide, a wide range of groups. Uh, Nick just told me about a group in, in November. It's a senior, it's a, I mean, the film is about, also about trauma, right? And so you have people that are living trauma that have never really healed. It doesn't matter which age. So that's challenging, right? Who's our audience? Well, everybody, you know, who draws a breath potentially. Um, mm-hmm. But we we did we did um, go in the in more into the recovery fields. We had a, one of our partners was Snap, uh, which is a group. I, the name the full name is escaping me, but they are a group of survivors of of, of abuse from priests. I think it's survivors oh. networks uh, uh-huh. abuse by priests. Uh, it's called Snap. So, um, so we've made dozens of partners. We're still kind of looking for that big, big um, power partner, but we're just getting going. And I have no doubt that that person, that and that corporate entity will will happen. Oh, now uh, that sounds great. Can I ask you what materials are you sending out? Uh, and and phone calls. I guess right. people are calling and then sending materials to these potential partners. Well, actually, we we went one step further. We actually Nick has been and I've been and Keith have been scouring the internet for the last year. Um, you know, just cold calling people. And there's a certain way you write. Um, if you if you subscribe to Peter Broderick's um, newsletter, which I just got one a couple of days ago, Keith actually gives you a huge part of his strategy. Uh, and you could you could perhaps look, I think it's keithochwat.com o c h w a t dot com, but so so you basically are creating emails. The death of the email is vastly overreported. I mean, you reach out to these people via email, and sometimes Carol, you, you have to reach out to them five and six times before you get the right person. I mean, there's so much content out there that's being you know, offered to people, you really have to be persistent. And then what we did with Keith is we developed a pitch deck, um, you know, t- 
tools that we could use and a script that we could use to reach out to people. Um, and then, of course, you know, we developed a toolkit around. You can go to uh, Story. It's either story.movie or storythemovie.com to kind of see what, what we're offering um, with the film. And it's just, um, in fact, we're getting ready to probably do a multi-city tour uh, of the film in Massachusetts. And we hope to replicate that in every single state. Oh, you're going to use uh, Massachusetts like a beta site then and do it there first. Exactly. The film really and, uh, struck a chord what, up there after several screenings. And, uh, okay. it's, you know, it's, it's, it just kind of, as you know, and your listeners know, it kind of, if you're lucky, it kind of catches fire and we're, we're in that place. And what type of screenings? Are they community screenings or who's putting it together for you? Well, typically, like, we've done a lot of conferences, right? Mm -hmm. So they pay us a licensing fee to show the film at conferences. I mean, it's one, of the, it's one of the challenging parts of film festivals, right? I mean, I think in Europe they pay you some money for your, you know, to, to have your film in a film festival. In the U.S., they don't, right? And so you're actually right. having to put out quite a bit of money to go to film festivals. This way, with this private distribution, I mean, you're giving them kind of exclusive access to your film before it's out there. I mean, that's really the key, right? If they can get yes. it, if you've already got your film out on DVD and it's available for 25 bucks, um, then, you know, most people, if they're doing it for an institution, you know, like, for instance, with The Long Shadow, they will contact our distributor, Passion River, and, you know, and pay the $300 licensing fee. But some people won't. Some people will just wait till it comes out on consumer DVD and buy it uh, that way. And so what we do is we go to these conferences after many, many, you know, quite candidly, many email uh, phone calls. We finally get the right person. That person is the one who can sign off on the conferences. And then we go and do um, – we really are, are part of a, uh, the keynote. I mean, we, instead of kind of beg, borrowing, and stealing, and, oh, you know, we're saying, no, you need this film. This is a great film. You're having exclusive access to it, and we want you to pay us for it. And they have, and they are, because it's not, it's not readily available. But so you go for that market, I think, first, is what I would tell filmmakers listening. You know, go for that educational market. Follow the money. See who's got the money to license your film. Yes, who can license it and, and start screening it in in those places to bring in the right. income. Yeah, so to answer your question, it was screening. It's really, for the most part, we're still just doing conferences. Mm-hmm. Well, but we're, and in the conference, yeah. you're able to sell to all the people who come to the conference. Is that right? Well, yeah, that's the idea, right? So when you're there at the conference, we, we, we actually – so this might be helpful for your viewers too. We cut – or listeners, sorry, forget we're on the Internet. Um, uh, we also cut a 15-minute version of our hour-and-a-half film. And so we typically don't show – this is really important, right? We typically don't show – the the full feature film, we show them the 15 minute cut, which really uh, which really lines up with their programming more than an hour and a half film. It's very challenging, as we all know, to get people to even watch a feature film. But and then we go we as part of our negotiations with the conference, 
we pretty much say you got to give us your email list, um, and and then we then we go back. You know, we come back home to Tucson, and we we then remarket to those people that were at the conference. And you get that list from them. This is incredible. Yes. Yes. Wow, yes. that's good. In in some instances, like we'll do like also virtual screenings. Like Nick had me last week um, do Q and A after a fifteen minute virtual screening. It was awesome. I mean, and then after we sold, you know, we sold licenses to the audience. It was all across the country. We sold licenses to the film from the audience. Uh, you know, that was watching the virtual screening, and we sold toolkits. So that's another revenue driver for us is our toolkit. Oh, tell me about that. What are they? Well, so our film is sensitive in nature, right, because it's about mental health and behavioral health. And um, and so we didn't, I felt, um, and the whole team felt that we didn't want to put the film out there without some type of guideline or guidepost for users of the film, whether it's consumers or professionals, right? And incidentally, we did this in the form of a, a study guide for The Long Shadow, which is very, very powerful, but also, you know, hard to watch about the history and, and, and everything. So we put out California Film Institute, actually as part of our appearance at the Mill Valley Film Festival, wrote this incredible study guide um, that we now offer when we do, when we license to schools, we, we, you know, say to the teachers, show the film and use the study guide to help explain and teach this really difficult history. Did the same thing. Uh, we made that, we made the tool, the study guide free. Um, and I believe that the, the toolkit is free with, um, with licensing. Um, uh, so we, we just, we felt a responsibility there because of the intensity of some of the trauma that folks went through um, in the film, whether it was sexual trauma or physical trauma, um, you know, that we just didn't want to leave people, uh, you know, without that type of resource. Right. Oh, that is brilliant. Um, how big is the toolkit? I mean, how many pages or can oh, you give me a... Or... Yeah, I believe it's in 10 to 12 to 15 pages. I haven't looked at it in a while. Um, I've wow. been, you know, as you know, I've been off working on this other film, and I, if I didn't have Nick Kelso, uh, my impact producer, I would surely be lost. And so, with the film, Nick Nick has has this has has taken the lead on all of that. But uh, I believe it's about twelve to fifteen pages. Well, tell me about an impact producer because this is something new to me. I think if that's something you you need, but what is what are their responsibilities? Well, typically an impact producer is your community outreach coordinator. You know, it's just and, – and, and they impact – producers can be often associated with social media strategy. Um, but it, like in our case, it's a little bit different, Carol, because – so like right now in this private educational conference strategy we're using of Keith and Peter, you can't um, – you can't put your film out there a lot on social media because it's not available to the general public yet. So I found, uh-huh. again, working with Heist and Long Shadow, that people get frustrated. If you start talking to them about your film and it's not available to them, so, you know, it's a problem. And so basically what what Nick is doing is finding uh, finding customers for the film, either through, um, you know, accessing lists or, you know, uh, doing – 
research, you know, researching to figure out, you know, who he can call. And so he's, he's basically our community outreach coordinator. That's brilliant. And how did you find him? Oh, I was, I was completely lucky. Uh, I, I found him out here in Tucson where I live and he, um, he uh, was on. Um, he was working with um, at a local theater here, doing marketing. And I met him through Mark and Linda Pertle, whom I made "Is Your Story Making You Sick?" with. And uh, it's just been. He's just been a dream come true. Francis, you really have found the way to go. Oh, I thank you so much. I really appreciate this information. Um, I, I know our listeners all thank you very much because. Uh, the difference between making a million and a half like Keith did, which we know is possible. I love it when you know somebody's done it, that they've cut the way through and created a pathway for us to all follow. We just have to get more information, learn how to do it. And so you are a trailblazer here. Thank you. Well, thank you. I'm always delighted to have a conversation with you anytime I can. And thank you, Claire. Oh, this is wonderful. Great pleasure. (laughs) <laughs> it's amazing what you're doing. So lots of blessings to you, Francis. Thank you, Carol. Yes. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Thank you, Claire. Bye. Sure. Be well. Sure. Be well. And to our listeners, I want to tell you how grateful we are for the donations that you've given at fromtheheartproductions.com to support our podcast. Carol and I sincerely thank you. We'd love to hear from you with your ideas for more shows. What are some topics that you would like covered? Who would you like interviewed? Just let us know. Send us some feedback. We always like to hear from you. And please join us next week for the Art of Film Funding podcast. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to the Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone.
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.